This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode today is brought to you by Grinding Coffee Co. Grinding Coffee, a black LGBTQ-owned coffee business that donates a portion of every sale to charity. Coffee is imported from around the world, and they pride themselves on great customer service for a small team. Use promo code PITLANEPARLAY for 13% off your order. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Chokum. Frenchie and Matthew join me as we finish off the F1 season. Needless to say, the last month has been a little hectic, and Sunday proved to be more of the same. It's pretty much still hectic, but let's start it off with a little humble brag. I won the F1 Fantasy League for the Motormouth podcast. The man who can't make a damn prediction to save his life won by 1,400 points. Like, it wasn't even close. I think if I didn't score points for the last two races, I still would have won. Which is sad. Anyway. It's too um, bad that I forgot to like keep putting in my picks about halfway through the season for that. Otherwise, yeah. I think I probably would have beat you. Oh, I, I oh. think that's probably a fair statement. I mean, if if you can win a fantasy league, how hard really is it for someone to win? All right. Well, now that we've gotten the jabs out of the way with, we I don't know, French, you already want to start with talking about the race. Oh man, there's a lot to talk about, but I, I think we should talk about the race, I guess, in chronological order. We should take a little bit to get to uh everyone's favorite moment of the race. Yeah. So lap one. Turn one, Hamilton goes wide. Verstappen kind of holds the inside line there. Hamilton goes in the runoff. Isn't forced to give his position back because race control says he sufficiently gave up his advantage. I'm just I'm not going to put any bias into that. Thoughts, co- concerns. I, I figured we. I figured the the situation was from there. Like once we had yeah. that, once we had that happen, I'm like, all right, well, there we go. We're off and rolling. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're going to touch on it here in a second, but it kind of was just another feather in the cap of race control ineptitude. And the reason I say that is because anybody with two pairs of eyes can just anybody with eyes at all just could could just tell that there was no way Hamilton didn't gain some sort of competitive advantage by going off the track and coming back on. I mean, they went in roughly nose to tail into that turn. Or maybe Max sent it a little bit, but it wasn't like an egregious send in my in my opinion. Yeah. And Lewis came out back onto the track like, you know, seven, eight car lengths ahead of him. And I'm like, there, there's no way you can tell me that he didn't gain an advantage there. So I don't know. I mean, Max has definitely had more aggressive moments and some calls go his way this season, but like that was one I think Lewis and Mercedes got away with. I definitely agree. I think 
when you watch Lewis's onboard, I feel like if he had just kind of slowed down some and backed out of it fully, he could have just stayed on track and followed Max. And I mean, we saw he had the faster car, so he would have passed him again, probably in the next DRS zone a couple laps later. Yeah, I just don't understand how you how you say he gave up an advantage there. And I wasn't really all that worked up about it because it was a lap one of how, how many laps was there? I don't even remember how many laps the race was. Yeah, 58. 58. Yeah, lap one of 58. There was plenty of time for things to happen. And then pretty much nothing happened until five laps. Nothing of note that I can remember happened until, yeah. Did Perez. I miss something in the middle? Uh, oh, yeah, Perez. Perez put on a master class in holding up Hamilton as long as possible. We've seen some takes on social media from former F1 and I guess maybe technically former IndyCar driver and current IMSA driver, Sebastian Bourdais, who said it was poor sportsmanship and didn't like it. Other drivers like Stefan Wilson and a few others, I forget who, I think Ricky Taylor said something, who were like at some masterful defense there. It's all part of the game, blah, blah, blah. What do you guys think about that one? I'm going to go with, I think it was... Maybe not exactly sportsmanlike driving and fair driving, but you're in the F1 finale and you've had a contentious season. So what do we really expect other than something like that? You know, I mean, with Perez having that opportunity to I, I didn't see him do anything overly aggressive is what I'll say. I don't think he put Lewis in danger. I know Lewis was on the radio saying that that was dangerous driving man or something like that, whatever his quote is. Um, yeah. I don't think he did anything dangerous. I mean, I think he was definitely slowing him on purpose. And that's just kind of the games that we've seen teams play over the years in F1. It's kind of par for the course. Is it something we want to encourage? Maybe not, but I thought it was fantastic to watch. Oh, it was brilliant by Red Bull. I'd love to see what Mercedes would do entering two cars at Nashville in an IndyCar race and just how worked up they would get for that whole race. If circumstances were like they were in IndyCar. Um, I thought Perez did a brilliant job. It had an effect on the race with, you know, pit windows and such. It didn't have the impact of Verstappen passing Lewis because of it, but it still definitely helped. And I think it shows a glaring difference between Red Bull and Mercedes as far as the second driver actually having an impact versus the other second driver, as I predicted in the preview episode qualifying nowhere battling people that weren't in the championship and not doing anything the entire race because he's a clown and I'm really glad he's not in that seat anymore (laughs) and as far as Bourdais I respect his opinion and I know he's you know driven in Formula One and IndyCar and it's not really like yeah I disagree with him but it's not like a malicious disagreement or anything but then he was using argument you know I've driven a race car before what do you know to random people on Twitter I don't think that's like the end-all be-all argument like just because I'm a driver I know better than you it's like uh, if all the drivers knew better than us then why are 50% on one side and 50% on another yeah I mean listen if it was Mercedes in that spot Botas he would have just yielded in an ideal capability in an ideal world would have been told to defend i'm not saying he would have defended i'm saying he would have been told to so i think it goes both ways it's one of those things that happens in probably all motorsports i'm sure indycar teams have employed similar tactics many times to help teammates out i mean scott 2015 finale 
yeah, Scott Dixon pretty much said it this year uh, towards the end. He's like, listen, I'm going to help Polo in the championship when I'm out of the fight. So I don't think it's really that big of a deal. I don't, Joe Tanto. I mean, yeah, Joe Tanto. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you follow up with that one? All right, so now we're going to go to the end of the race. And let's let's just get one keyboard warrior story out of the way with nicholas latifi did not crash on purpose can we all agree with that yep definitely okay all right settled so nicholas latifi crashes there's five laps to go hamilton's in the lead i don't know about you guys but i was like all right that's probably how it's going to end and you know so be it not the most exciting abu dhabi ever i think last year was a little bit better but that's the way it is I don't see how they're going to get all that carbon cleaned up on time. Then all of a sudden, there's, I think, three to go. I'm actually going to pull up a timeline here. I think it was listener of the show, Cassie Johnston, who did like a entire timeline down to the second, starting on lap 53 here. So Latifi's car is on the crane at lap 53 and 27 seconds into the lap okay so that's five laps to go yep five laps to go it is off the circuit about two minutes later heading into lap 54 lap 54 about a second a handful of seconds later max is told that lap cars will not overtake the safety car Bono tells Lewis, lap cars will not overtake the safety car. Then three minutes later, Latifi's car is completely behind that barrier and the track is clean. Now we are somewhere around lap 55-ish, 56. And then all of a sudden, there's a little bit of back and forth and Bono goes, uh-oh, lap cars now being let through and... Seven seconds later, the message is relayed to Max. Obviously, Max now is on soft tires. So we are, you know, this is all within the span now of about two minutes. And Lewis goes over the radio, says this race is being manipulated. And before I get your guys' opinion, the rule from the rule book states that when lapped cars overtake a safety car, whenever... All of the lapped cars have to overtake the safety car, not just a handful. And the safety car cannot exit the track until the following lap. So with that information, what what do you make of the kerfluffle at the end? I don't understand why it just wasn't red flagged. I mean, that's my biggest question of let's just avoid all of this by red flagging it. I mean, then everybody gets to change their tires. We reorder the field and then you have a legitimate battle between the two title contenders, right? I mean, who are in first and second. And they're both on fresh tires. And you get, like, the amazing spectacle of those two guys going at it for five laps to end the race. I, I mean, that's that's what I would have done. Um, but I'm not Michael Massey. I'm not getting literally all the people yelling at him in his ear constantly and the pressures of as everyone seems to be arguing on twitter of netflix basically like bribing him <laughs> to make the race go this way so i don't know i would have red flagged it i would have loved to see that i've seen drivers on twitter say the same thing um but it's not what happened and i think that they really embarrassed themselves in what ended up happening 
it was an amazing spectacle once again. I mean, it was crazy to watch and we're probably not going to see something like that for a long time. It's really memorable, really controversial. Everyone's talking about it and has opinion, but it's embarrassing for the FIA. There's They have egg on their face big time. Yeah, I'm thrilled for Max to be the champion. I'm glad we have a new champion. It's been a long time since we've had a, a first-time champion in Formula One. And he had an incredible season and Red Bull really brought it to Mercedes this year. Having said that, you can't look at the situation and not think that it's completely fucked and how Michael Massey really Sucks. just dog walked the rule book on his way to botching it for the 80th time this season. And I think it's going to look even worse for the sport if some international court of appeals overturns it into Lewis's favor. Like that's ultimately not a good look either. It's kind of like, and of course, FIA and the Formula One have denied both Mercedes' appeals because they don't want to make themselves look even worse by going back on themselves. Yeah, so I agree. I think, A, it should have been a red flag right away. I tweeted that as Latifi had crashed. I'm like, it should just be the red flags, call it a day, and restart the race with three laps to go or whatever. And then so once they had decided they weren't going to move the lap cars, I'm like, well, that sucks, but maybe Max might still have a chance. And at that point, I was kind of just content with the fact that the lap cars are going to be there. You can't then just send the lap cars around and then go green immediately. Like, I just think the way they handled it was so poor. I'm also glad they're getting rid of this whole FIA radio thing next season, as Ross Braun confirmed this week. Uh, I think that leads to nothing but toxicity on the internet and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm fine with maybe it being disclosed after the race or them getting a chance to talk to Michael Massey after the race, but doing it live for the ratings and whatever, I think led to some very awkward, intense moments between some of the team principals and Michael Massey. Um, So it's not an easy job. I'm curious to see what's going to happen to Massey, if he's going to get to keep the job, but I'm sure his credibility is in in the shitter right now. Yeah. His credibility has to be, as as low as it, it can possibly get while still having a job. But, man, I don't know. I, I, I thought when it happened, like, all right, Lewis is champion, most likely. Max is on soft tires. Maybe they get a lap or two at the end. Max is clearly fast. Let's see what happens. Or maybe you red flag it, like you guys both said, and a bunch of drivers and people said online. I'm cool with that, too. The only way I didn't want it to play out is, well, exactly the way it played out, because it looks horrible. And yeah, I got a lot of eyes on F1. I had people texting me Sunday that didn't watch the race, and they were like, what the hell happened? I had one friend who is a big soccer fan. He said, "Is this feels like FIFA being FIFA. I don't really know soccer that well, but I'm assuming that's an accurate statement. But, man, and yes, like, like Matt said, I have no issue with Max winning the championship. He had a, you know, he had a good car all season, but the way he won definitely, it's just, I feel like for as awesome as this F1 season was, the way it ended really just like, is like a little bit of a gut punch. I have a question for you guys basically on that. And this is something I've been thinking about. Max is not going to think so. And I think Max's fans aren't going to think so. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm I'm pretty neutral. I'm like you guys. I'm just excited to see a new champion crowned. And I think this season was really exciting. But is there any asterisk basically placed after Max's name and winning this championship? I know that people are going to we're going to get hate what either way we decide to go. 
I, by answering that question, but I, I think it's a legitimate question. No, I don't think there's an asterisk at all. And the reason I say that is because, you know, I think it was Brundle that pointed out, like, you know, looking back at the Silverstone accident, had that not happened, this championship would have been wrapped by now anyway. there It wouldn't have been wrapped, but, you know, a second place would have been just fine for Max at, um, at Abu Dhabi. And so, you know, there's always like the ifs and whatever's of this result, that result, and next result. But like his season, I mean, he has a single season record for podiums. He was fifth in laps led in the single season. Um, you know, super young champion, aggressive everywhere. Hungry, you could look at Hungary as well as a, a dark spot on his season. But, you know, I don't think he get just because of this finale, I don't think it deserves an asterisk just because there's 21 other races that he performed superbly in, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I don't, it is what it is. Now, if Hamilton comes back and somehow wins in the Court of Appeals in six months, like, okay, maybe that, that I would put an asterisk on. But Verstappen winning, no, I, it's, I mean, it's, it is what it is. It reminds me, oddly enough, of the 86 F1 season where, Mansell's tire blows and then they bring PK in because they're worried about the same thing happening and Alan Prost ends up winning the championship and it's not like Alan Prost didn't deserve the championship the dude was there all season but it's one of those odd things where the race didn't play out the way you thought right Mansell was dominating and you thought he was going to win and then in this kind of cruel unpredictable situation in that case not manipulated by the FIA uh you know someone else goes on to win so I think it's one of those things we don't look at at Prost any differently for that season, so I don't think we're going to end up looking at Verstappen any differently for this season. What do you guys think of Total Wolf's, or, sorry, Christian Horner's comments where he said that if Lewis and Max were in a Mercedes, Max would rinse him? Why? Well, why is that necessary? I have a lot more hot takes we're going to get to, too. I, lo- I, I love just the level of hot takes that we've gotten from some prominent F1 people after this finale. I'd love to see Max and Lewis in the same equipment. Do I think that he would absolutely destroy him? No, I think it'd be way more even than we give credit. I think Max, it, it reminds me of like a Schumacher and a Hakkinen type thing. Maybe one guy's kind of faster over one lap. A la, I think Hakkinen and Verstappen, maybe the one lap pace, but the racecraft with Hamilton and like a, a Schumacher, I put them almost as equals of just nobody's really going to be able to top that. I mean, you look at what Hamilton did the last five years. He already beat one of the goats of the sport in Botas. So <laughs> what else does he have to prove? Hi, Shannon. <laughs> God, he's such a clown. I'm so I'm, I'm also glad that he got trashed after the race while Mercedes is literally burning to the ground within with their appeals and whatever. And he's out there getting wasted to the Backstreet Boys. You know, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> So where does where does Formula One and FIA go from here for like the next sixty days? How's how how do we think the next sixty days is gonna look? I guess the biggest thing now it's Tuesday night. There there is not an official appeal yet. They have until Thursday, I believe. So right before this episode comes out, naturally there'll be a decision on the appeal. But I mean, if you appeal it, you have a very ugly. 60 to 90 days ahead of you and legal fees and or legal fees, legal proceedings and things along those lines. I feel like there's going to be a lot of shit talking back and forth and Mercedes blaming this and Christian Horner saying not only could Max beat Lewis Hamilton in the same car, Max could beat LeBron James, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. 
uh, Sidney Crosby and I don't know, Peyton Manning uh, at their respective sports and positions. So it's going to be very tiring. Took a lot of courage for you to say Sidney Crosby right there, didn't it? I listen as a Flyers fan after like his like second year in the NHL. I really don't hate him. I hate the Penguins, but I think he's an amazing talent. Wow. But I've always said that. So that's not like a, a hot take. I mean, the rest of the city of Philadelphia might not might not like me for it, but that's OK. Yeah, I don't really care anyway. Yeah, I was say, you're leaving there anyways. Yeah. Frenchie, what do you think the next six, two days is going to look like? I really don't think that Mercedes is going to end up going through with an appeal. Uh, oh, I really? The, yeah, I just think the political wow. pressure uh, is going to end up with them kind of deciding to not go ahead with it because just what it means for the sport and kind of leaving a question over what we are almost celebrating as something that's already been decided doesn't look good for anybody. Um, and I, I like I asked you guys earlier about the asterisk. I think if this ends up going to an appeal and getting flipped to Lewis, then it really does have an asterisk, right? Because it's like we saw the race was already won. Everybody watched the result. And then we're going to re-manipulate something that was already manipulated by the FIA after the fact and change the results. I, I just think we're getting too silly then. Yeah. I mean, they're, they've are they been giving their legal team a warm-up this week by threatening to sue people that posted the video of total wolf partying and crowd surfing. Um, it's wild. They're giving their, giving their legal team a warm-up. So I feel like they got to be getting ready for something, right? I don't get why, though. Like, it's such why? a such a bad hill to die on. Why does he need to be sued for, or they need to be sued people for? It was showing a private company event. Find the person who took the video, then. Yeah, I think they're trying to find the original original video person, and then I guess it they was got Toto. Nothing. He posted the video himself. Come on, I already just solved it. Yeah, he took the he took the selfie, uh, you know, from eight feet away because he's got like robot arms or something total wolf it was fired on his phone Mercedes. somebody else took it for him yeah <laughs> total wolf fired uh mazepin did it i don't know we could just blame someone that nobody likes yeah mazepin's dad snuck into an event since nikita had has covid hopefully he is feeling better i'll just yeah that's the only nice thing i'll ever probably say about him yeah hopefully he recovers from that should we do season prediction recap real quick? Well, did you, Matt, did you we have make, those? Did we make predictions for the race? Because you and I said Max, and then the other three said Lewis. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Frenchie. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, did we make any other predictions? We didn't do like the standard. I think no. lighting was too foregone to do that. All right. So let's start. So, Frenchie, I think you're going to kind of be like the neutral guy here and kind of help us break any ties for who we think is better. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because... The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. 
And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-back training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. It's obviously competitive. So we had Haas. Do you have the constructor standings up, Frenchie? No, but I can get that really quick. I, right. mean, I know they were last. Yes, I do know that Haas was last with zero points. So we had Haas as our 10th best team. Uh, I said they would score two points and that Nikita Mazepin will be better. Mike didn't really offer hot takes, if I remember correctly, on too many of these. Um, I uh, put myself on a limb on some of them, but Host was staring at pictures of Sidney Crosby or something. So so Nikita Mazepin was obviously not better, and Haas didn't nope. score any points. So I was wrong on both fronts. But we did get them placed in the right. Next, we had Williams, though. Now, they did have a better year than last year. Um, however, a, well, how many points did they end up with? 20 scored 23 points. Yeah. And Alfa Romeo scored 13. And so how many did George get for his podium? Nine. Cause it was half. What place did he finish? Second. Second, I think. So he got, so he got nine then. Yeah. So nine of those were a, not even an actual race. <laughs> so that's kind of unfortunate because. I said they were going to score one point with Russell, and Host said they would score 10. So Host was much more on the ball than me there, even without their nine points. And then we had Alfa Romeo next. I said five, or Host said five. I said 16. What'd they end up with? 13. Ha. And Kimmy nice scored 10 of those. Not surprised. Not surprised. But then the next one in our worst prediction was Ferrari. So we had them yep. at seventh. They had such a horrible Bahrain test, and they were so pissy and moany before the season how bad they were going to be and how they're not developing the car at all. Um, we didn't have, I didn't notate any predictions for Ferrari, but I did have them at P7. So they have to be probably our surprise of the season. Are we going to do – you guys going to do an award show eventually? Yeah, we'll, we'll do that next week. All right. Uh, so they probably have to be the surprise of the season if you ask me. Uh, Alpine, we had it sixth. Where'd they finish? Fifth. Oh, damn it. Um, Aston Martin, fifth. They, they finished, finished seventh. Oh, damn it. They were um, definitely the disappointment team-wise. Big time. Vettel's podium was like the high point of the season for them. Yeah. Like the only point of the season for them. <laughs> because uh, Stroll scored points one, two, three times. He's gifted. 
how many points did he have? Let's see. He had 34 points and Vettel had 43. So there's not, I mean, that's a gap, but that's not huge. They're right next to each other in the championship at 12th and 13th. I wonder if they just gave up developing their car at a certain point. Um, do we know who their team principal is next year? Right now, it's, it's still Omar. It's still supposed to be Omar, yeah. Oh, that's right. That that was fake news. Uh, yeah, fake. but I didn't hear any threatened lawsuits about that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Lawrence just brought him out back and punched him in the face. <laughs> he used his Goldfinger laser. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had Alpha Tauri at fourth. Where they end up sixth? Yep. So they definitely still did pretty good, all things considered. Uh, we just had him rated a little higher. McLaren third. They were what, fourth? Mm-hmm, exactly. And then Red Bull second, Mercedes first. So um, all in all, we weren't too far off. I think the only one that was really egregious was Ferrari. We were we were really off on that one. But otherwise, everybody's within one or two of where they actually ended up. So host, Yay not us. too bad. Yay, us. Oh, I couldn't tell what you said. Driver's champion. I said Lewis. Mike said Max. That, that might be that was like my hot one hot take prediction at least i think back then you said it was a hot take so yay me yeah i just didn't think it was gonna happen but look at you uh constructors champion we both said merc rookie of the year we both said yuki both of those are layups uh team with biggest rides in the standings i said alfa romeo wrong you said <laughs> alpha towery also wrong uh well they finished seventh in 2020 so they finished sixth this year so who would that have been ferrari i guess was p6 in 2020 so they're probably the biggest risers yeah um team to fall most in the standings i had ferrari nice you had alpine slash reno um p5 to what p5 yeah same f First Where driver was racing f- point last year. I mean, did they plummet to seventh or were they around seventh last year? I don't remember. Aston Martin, they were P4. Okay, so that's three places down. That's a pretty big fall. So that's a tie with Ferrari. Or, no, sorry, other way around. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they were the biggest losers this year. Um, probably not Lance's fault. Um, first driver fired. I had Ocon. Good job winning a race. That's going to help. <laughs> And then Mike had Giovinazzi. Oh, wow. And he's in Formula E now, so that might, may or may not be right. Yeah. Can we, call it, it, can we call it firing, though, if he's just let go? Yeah, yeah that's why I said bear may not be right. It doesn't really count as firing. <laughs> he's just no longer going to be in the who was, series. Who was the first new driver announced for next year? Was it? Was it Botas? I think it might have been. Or Yeah, it was Botas and Russell. Because Gio was until a couple weeks ago. Yeah. What about Albon? Wasn't he one of the first ones to drop for the uh, second Williams seat? Yeah. But they had to say that Russell was moving to yeah, Mercedes. Yeah, it was first, like so Botas, then Russell, then Albon. All right. Well, first team principal fired. I was almost right. Otmar. I don't think <laughs> nobody nobody got fired this year, though, right? I don't think a single team principal. I mean, I don't know what Alpine do with their circle Set, of accountability. Yeah, their circle of accountability over there. What is Cyril doing now? Getting a tattoo, Knit, I don't know. Knitting. Knitting, whittling. And then Mike had Mattia Bonotto, who's probably going to be safe for many more years now after yep. a pretty good performance this year. Uh, will the schedule make it through without any cancellations? We both said no. We were both correct. Uh, what was canceled this year? Singapore, Montreal, China. Um, 
what was canceled and then uncanceled? Was that Turkey? Under threat. And then maybe it was canceled. Uncanceled. I know it was under threat. And then it yeah. wasn't. Whatever. Australia got canceled too, right? This year? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably missing one or two more, but whatever. Driver outside of Mercedes, Red Bull, and McLaren most likely to win. I said Yuki. Yikes. Mike said Vettel. Yikes. We had Ocon. Was there any others? Uh, yes. Uh, Ricardo won. Outside of Mercedes, Red Bull, and McLaren. Oh, sorry. Okay. So, yeah. So, Ocon was the only correct answer, and there's no way in a million years that we were going to pick that <laughs> bastard. So... Who will be the first to score a point? Haas or Williams? I said Haas. Mike said Williams. Well done. And then finally, how many more months before the next Williams Story video press conference on Twitter? Uh, this is back in February? March? February or March. Yeah. I said two months. Mike said one month. We have yet to get another one. But we are still being teased about a new team for 2023, thankfully. Yeah, and in three months, he'll start saying, oh, it's going to be 2024. <sighs> then maybe people, well, I feel like he's kind of just a colloquial meme page at this point that people just see a news piece from him and then just like, ha look at this idiot. All right, next, what's what's next on our day? Um, so there's that. He's just doing it to troll you guys at this point. He knows that you have this bet about him and it's just like going to delay it so you're both wrong. Yeah, funny thing is if you go to Urban Dictionary and type in the words rent-free, it's a picture of Mike Jokum looking at a picture of William Story. <laughs> Hell yeah. I actually unfollowed him on Twitter last week. What? Is that because he wouldn't reply to you asking if he would reply to your tweet so you could drive in our racing league naked? Uh, correct. <laughs> actually, no. <laughs> yeah, he was trying to help you out there. <laughs> All right, so that's all we had for predictions. Uh, Frenchie, if you want to take it away from there. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll get to probably who did good, who did bad in the award show. So I just wanted to read you guys some of these amazing hot takes, um, just kind of for your entertainment that I have seen uh, since the finale. Are you so, trying to get our like unfiltered reactions to these? <laughs> exactly. That's all what right. I'm hoping for. So the first one comes from our buddy, Dr. Helmet Marco. Oh, <sighs> And he said that Mercedes are unworthy losers, that it's unworthy of the world championship final, that the decision, you know, the appeals and everything would be delayed like that. But that speaks in favor of an attitude that I would say is an unworthy, unworthy loser. If you lodge such, such objections and protests, we broke their seven year dominance with a young guy and a young motivated team. It's disgusting what they did after the race to protest when it was clear it would not work. This is a very bad loser for me. We don't care. We are the moral winner, whether it comes one way or the <laughs> other. We will reconsider our involvement in Formula One if the appeal does not go in our favor, though, if that does not have the corresponding effects on future championships. The whole system needs to be reconsidered. Constancy is part of it. Decisions cannot even be interpreted that way and once interpreted that way. So I, the only reason I read all of that is because it was so much nonsense. God, Dr. Marco must have been on the hash that day. Good Lord. I, I wish everybody could see my face for the amount of disgust I have right now because uh, just go. Just, just For everyone that uh, dislikes Christian Horner, like, why don't you just look at Dr. Marco? Yeah, he I, has to probably say half the shit he says just so that Marco doesn't fire him one day. It's like, you're not being outrageous enough. What if he gets fed, like, quotes from marco and he's like this is what i need you to say 
but helmet this is crazy i know yeah i i don't the i mean with him i think it's i think it's really he barely believes it is the weird thing like some people you can tell in f1 say stuff just for the shock value right but this is a guy who <laughs> it's just kind of delusional yeah he needs he needs to he needs to go away like can we can we ban like can we ban him from him and Joss Verstappen from ever being interviewed again? Yeah, seriously, not a, not a fan of Joss based on his uh, background either. So I, I don't like to see him happy. But you know, Max is a separate person. What's next? Uh, okay, so the next one is from our other best friend Bernie Ecclestone. Oh who, God! Keep in mind, guys, is ninety one years old and is still, you know, has nothing to do with Formula One anymore, right? But is still just trying to stir the pot. So his perspective about Mercedes is that their claim about being robbed is complete and utter nonsense. If you want to think about it carefully, on the first lap of the race, Hamilton went off the circuit and came back on again, and Verstappen stayed on the circuit and did absolutely nothing wrong. Lewis wasn't punished at all for this, so he shouldn't be complaining too much. These things happen all the time in sports. We shouldn't blame the race director. He did exactly what the right thing was to do. Could you believe that the 2005 U.S. Grand Prix ever happened under his watch? <laughs> yes. yes. I think there's quite the false equivalency of the first lap overtake to the entirety of the world championship, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I have... Uh, Bernie Ecclestone, he can be added to the uh, can we never interview him again list. Here's Please. actually he he continued on to say he thinks an appeal would be the worst thing they could do, which I wonder why, because his concern is about the you know overall look of the sport. He said it would look like they're bad losers. Maybe he and Helmet Marco were chatting. Um, and then he goes on to say it was very level. Two guys racing each other and one was quicker than the other one. It's a lot of nonsense. One guy led 51 laps. The other led one. Yeah, there seems to be an interesting, I don't know, it seems like Ecclestone used to be a Lewis supporter, but in recent years, he's come out and said some pretty kind of questionable and pretty much racist things about Lewis. Uh, and you can go back in the news and look that up if you guys don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, I'm just confused as to why we still kind of ask him what he thinks about the sport at this point. I agree. All right. So this one I like a lot more, and it's from our actual buddy, Eddie Jordan. Okay. Hi, Eddie. British. Yeah, I hope, I hope you're listening, Eddie Jordan. Yeah, EJ, we love you. So he said, you can't deny that Verstappen had the right to the championship. However, on the other side, I think Hamilton has opened the door. He's allowed someone as aggressive and arrogant as Verstappen to upset him and steal the title from him. I think Lewis has been too nice for too long, and I think he needs to harden himself up again. For me, it's his body language. Listen to the way he spoke afterwards. He was so sporting. All of Britain can be so proud of what he's doing, but nice guys don't win titles, and he's become a nice guy. He's the best driver I've ever seen, and I've seen some really top drivers in my time. So for me to say that, I'm really putting him on a pedestal. I will say, you know, obviously Hamilton was on, I don't know what, 40 old, 40 lap old hard tires, and Verstappen's on brand new softs. I, I would say that I thought his defense on that last lap could have been better. I thought, you know, even though Verstappen was a good bit behind him going into the turn before the long straight, he should have still been taking away that inside line no matter what, even if he didn't think Max is going to try it just because it's Max and he's going to try to full send it. And then once he's behind him, 
I think like he's toast for the rest of the lap. I mean, he had two more chances to get past him, and then once he couldn't do that, he was done. Uh, but yeah, I thought he could have definitely been more aggressive on the defense there. But again, it's circumstantial because his tires were shot, and he's probably having to overcome, you know, just the cluster of what's going on. And you know, I'm seriously having to race one lap for the championship. Like this is insane. So he had to deal with that too. But I, I just think he could have taken that inside line away better when Max did pass him. Yeah, I've I've seen that online a, a, a fair amount. I, I agree. And again, it's hard to say whether he had the tires to even defend the inside line, but just looking at it from pure defense perspective, I wish he did. But then again, he almost had him back there kind of out of that back straight, I think. So eh, I don't have an issue with it, with the comments, but I would, I mean, it's probably hard to switch your brain on for one lap in formula one when that's just something you've never done before even lewis has never done before do you think that his comments relate back to this speculation that lewis is like not committed anymore is going to retire what what are your thoughts on that thing no no that's i i don't buy that for a second yeah me neither i don't either but i will be curious to see if mercedes is fighting in the cellar next year if he's has a change of opinion about mercedes or his future in the sport I, I think his time is, I, I think at some point in the next couple of years, he might step down because he's got a lot of social awareness causes that he is working amazingly on. And I think he might want to focus on them and, and divert some of his energy that way as he approaches 40 years old or so. So I, I think the window of Lewis Hamilton is probably ending, but I don't think he's going to go out like this. I think he's going to come back next year, especially if they either don't appeal or the appeal gets denied in whatever way, because that's not a way I would want to end my career. Yeah, I don't think somebody who's come this far and gotten this close to basically having an eighth title and being the record holder for the most titles ever is going to leave before he has that title. Yeah, I agree there. Do we have anything else? No, that's all the news that I have besides uh, that Alonzo is going back to the hospital this winter. If you guys remember when he fell off his bike or got hit by a car on the bike before last season. Oh, yeah. And like broke his jaw. He has to go get a bunch of plates and stuff removed from his jaw this winter. So he said that's his winter destiny, oddly enough. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, and that's that's how exciting the offseason is going to be, you guys. We're going to talk about Fernando Alonzo's uh, jaw surgery in detail oh all right well we'll be here have to a live stream it. for you yeah we're gonna we're gonna live stream from the hospital and we're gonna talk as screws get removed and anyway we'll leave it at that guys thank you very much for listening and following along all f1 season Frenchie and i'll do an award show matthew thanks for hanging out and bringing the predictions with you and everybody have a lovely weekend I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. 
They were able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 